Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Welcome back. This is the Spurs 9501 podcast. This is Wayne London. I've got Steve in London. I've got Nico in Norway. Welcome, guys. Great win for Tottenham yesterday. Uh, Nico, give us your initial thoughts on the win. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. It was a superb victory and uh, the fans back. Uh, watching the shape of the team, the the passion, commitment, all the white flags, and uh, yeah, I was so happy with the victory. Uh, yeah, it was just amazing to to finally see some unity uh, on the pitch. I was surprised actually because I didn't expect that much, of course. So yeah, absolutely buzzing, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. And Steve, you were actually there, so tell us. What were the atmosphere was like and, and, and your thoughts? Uh, to be fair, I'm not going to lie. It was actually rocking. It was like from minute one to minute 90, 94, <laughs> it was absolutely rocking. So, yeah, uh, it was good to see the fans back. Good to see some old friends that I haven't seen for, for a while. Uh, spoke to a few new guys that are in and around our area. So yeah, it was it was a good experience in terms of that. Uh, it was kind of like just back to normal. Um, the, the 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 team got a really really uh, special. I, I I did say this um, that the link. Uh, I I think that when we had Pochettino, we had a link between the fans and the management, uh, the the manager. And we went completely the opposite when we went to Mourinho. And I've kind of think that we've kind of got that back. It was, well, it's only one game, but it's evident that the fans are behind the team. The team then obviously soaked that all up. And obviously they gave a 10 out of 10 performance. Uh, so you can't fault them. Yeah. A quick question I had, Steve, and I'll come to you, Nico, in a minute. But there's, I saw the attendance is 58,000. And the capacity is 62. So were there some, obviously some empty seats in the, were, were they in the away end or were there some Tottenham fans as well didn't come? No, there was, there was quite a few Tottenham fans that didn't attend. But I think what that is, is not so much that they didn't want to attend. Um, I think that they've still got teething problems with the ticket exchange and okay. uh, the whole process, rolling out the process because you don't have stadium cards anymore. It's all done, uh, like through like a Google Pass or Apple Wallet. So it's a, it's all fully digitalized. And, uh, and you have to, I, I think some people may not have done like an amnesty. They had an amnesty period where right. if you've inherited, say, your granddad's ticket and you're using that to get in, they gave you a time frame to kind of, uh, basically put your hands up and say, look, this has been passed down from our family, which is not, it's nothing illegal. It's just mm. literally they were just trying to get the right details so that they can obviously introduce the whole COVID passes and vaccination passports and things like that. So, yeah, I think it was more so a teething problem. And again, I'm going to say another thing. Sunday, because it's the first game of the season, so fans are going to obviously be a little bit apprehensive, but the kickoff yeah. time doesn't help as well. Uh, predominantly, three, yeah. three, three o'clock kickoffs will always sell out. They, that's yeah. the, the best time on a Saturday, three o'clock. Still got, you've got a bit to do in the morning and you've yeah. obviously got a bit of an evening left. So perfect time. So that yeah. didn't help. Yeah. It, so, yeah. 
Okay, no problem. So, Nico, tell us, you know, tell us about the game and all that, and how, why, what did we do really well that made us beat, you know, Man City? What did we do really well? What did we do differently that we don't normally do in these matches? Yeah, I was very, um, I think it was very interesting with the, the balance in the team, especially the attacking third, which tend to look like the, the front three was a bit more narrow. And I think they had a very good positioning. They didn't press too high. They were just cutting off the passing lanes. So yeah. City had few options. They never got the rhythm in their play. Uh, so I think that was very good. And, and they looked very um, cohesive, like a unit. I think they were compact. Also, they, they used the flags well. I, I just, I just think, um, and also Skip and Heuberg, um was very good with um, following the runs when the, when they had like doubling on flags, they followed into the the penalty area. So I think it was it looked very balanced. And uh, Dyer and Sanchez never had like this panic mode, which I thought they had under uh, Mourinho. Like they, they just looked. Protected, maybe that's the best word. So, yeah, I was so impressed with uh, how much he has actually done with the shape of the team. Like, uh, because we never, it wasn't like we we had to defend like we we did with Jose. I was like, uh, you know, panic mode, like yep. in the penalty area. We looked more composed, I think, as a team under pressure. Yeah. Okay, great. And Steve, what's your thoughts about why we did so well? What did we do differently that we haven't been doing previously? Uh, I think that um, I've I've said a few times that I don't think that Hobier's positional sense is that great. And I think that he gets a free pass from a lot of Spurs fans because of his fist pumps and, and, and kind of... Um, <laughs> like, uh, like, Fights with Arteta on the touchline, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that he gets a free pass, but positionally and um, his positional play is absolute. He's like a bull in a china shop. He just chases after loose ends and he was the most dribbled pass player in the league. And and, and it's not hard to see why. Um, but I will say that this time I was, I was watching very carefully, actually, what Holbier was doing and what Skip was doing. And Skip was clearly told to stick tight to the right hand side. And it was, and they were playing little uh, acute passes to each other. But Tanganga was always showing for Skip and Skip was always showing for Tanganga. Mm-hmm. And where they were doubling up down the right, Tanganga was dealing with most and anything that he didn't deal with, Hobie, uh, Skip was dealing with. So, um, for 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 Hobier's, he actually the biggest compliment that I can say to Oliver Skip is he made Hobier look good yesterday, and yeah. I I I I like him as a player. I just mm. think that that position you need a lot of positional discipline, and he doesn't have that, and a lot of football and a football IQ. He doesn't have that. Is he an asset to the squad? Yes, but as he plays for Denmark plays a little bit further forward and the defensive responsibilities aren't his. You kind of get in the ball and then give it and then sitting just as a shield in front of the shield, as it were. Yeah. I think we all agreed that Tanganga was the man of the match. I think he had an amazing, Ooh. brilliant game. He had um, yeah. uh, Grealish and Sterling in his pocket. So uh, 
What did you think of Tanganga's performance, uh, Nico? Excellent, because he, he, he made a marker. He closed down Sterling very quick. And you can see the crowd go, uh, really... Yeah, he set the tone very early, and that was really good. Um, I think that the, the whole team got more confidence. And he looks so assured also, like, uh, compared to Sanchez. Not this match, but uh, other matches, he's a bit, like, uh, nervous and uh, the coordination and everything. But Tanganga looks so much more composed, I think, as a player. So I was very impressed with him. Uh, I can't understand the, the loan links there. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, of course, uh, to see if he, he keeps fit and can play a whole season. But I can't see that happening now. He has to stay, of course. And, uh, yeah, but yeah, I just have a question for Steve. Do you think uh, maybe also with Herbjörg that lack of pace in that position is a problem? It's not the uh, quickest? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of facets to his game. And I, uh, what I will, what I tend to do is these sort of players that I highlight, I will then, I will next time I'm going to make, I, I, and I will do this because it's, it's, it's good to kind of have, um, uh, an analytical, I, I just see how the, the manager lines up and things like that. And, and, um, it's of interest to me anyway. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him some special attention this year. Yeah. But I agree with you. There's there's facets to his game that don't suit that that um, kind of. You don't get time. He he doesn't have the confidence. He kind of half uh, heartedly asks for the pool. So yeah, yeah, there's a few things that I'm not. He's. Um, I think that if he had somebody like a, a, a Wanyama next to him, he would be a completely different player. So I would almost say like a Basuma. If you put Basuma next to Hobie, then you have a very, very solid foundation there. So just, Steve, just for my benefit and just for our fans, Victor Wanyama, Dembele, that was like the beast and the beast together in midfield. So what's the difference between like the way Wanyama was playing and the way Hobie plays? Why is Wanyama a lot more effective than Hobie? I don't think that's his. Wanyama was purely a destroyer, <laughs> and uh, Hobie is not that. Not that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and 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 for all intents and purposes, he literally, if he sees uh, a target there, he'll go to close that. He does, yeah. and it's so easy to literally just knock it past him, pass yeah. it past him, and he's just a, he's almost a passenger. And, um, I mean, if you look at the way that Liverpool play with their three holding players, um, they kind of allow Trent to push forward. They allow, uh, Robertson to push forward. Yep. And they, yep. two, and they two, two of the three, um, so you've almost one will drop back and make a back three. And oh, then you've oh. almost got two banks of, 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 uh, uh, you've got two, um, You've got two people on the left, two on the right, because one will go like, so say, for example, you've got uh, Henderson. Henderson will drop and form a three, and then you'll have um, at, uh, on the right, you'll have a Fabinho uh, and Wijnaldum or Keita will just drop in at left back or right back, respectively. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, interesting, interesting. Different story. type of player, yeah. 
So Nico, mm. I wanted to ask you, I mean, let me ask you about a couple of players that were obviously like, what's your thoughts on Deli Ali, Steven Bergwijn? How do you think these guys did? Yeah, I'll go with Ali first. Um, it looks like he's evolving a bit um, because I, I have a bit of a problem now to define what's his role in the team. I think that will be more clear now after some matches because his fitness looks very good, of course. But my memory is, of course, of him uh, in his younger days where he had that tenacity, that guile and the tricks and everything. But he looks like a different player, like uh, physically and everything. I'm a bit um, um, uh, excited to see how he develops because... Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting with him. Uh, he, I heard another podcast earlier today. They said he played like an eight, so he was a deeper. He ran the most uh, of all the players in the match. So that's a very encouraging sign. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. He has to really impress this season. So uh, yeah. And then Berg, <laughs> yeah, Steven Bergwijn. Yeah, that miss was... Yeah, that could have cost us. He, he should have put that away, the second goal. When is, is he going to break the yeah the, the goal-scoring spell? Yep. You know, that's so important. So he, he worked very hard. I think he was very fluid on the counter-attack. He did very much good in the match. So I would just play him now. You know, more confidence. Don't yep. put him out of the team. And he needs confidence. So yeah, that's the best confidence thing. player. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, Nico. Steve, um, Bergwijn and Delhi, and also, can you talk about uh, Lucas Moura? How you think he did? Uh, just I'm just going to give some uh, before we talk about the the other two players. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, J- Jaffa Tangenga was an absolute beast. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Uh, to be fair, Jaffa Tangenga right now, um, when he came off. He went past the the shelf side, went past the south stand, and took and he lapped it up. And everybody was singing, "He's one of our own." And he yep. got a absolute standing ovation from like literally for about five minutes. No, everyone was stood up, clapping yep. him yep. while he walked off as he came off. Now he's potentially saving the club twenty to thirty million. I think he has all the facets to be a top, top, top class uh, centre-back and I don't see him as a right-back at all because you actually see that he doesn't commit to a challenge he doesn't dive in his reading of the space uh, again time after time after time Sterling didn't want to didn't want to engage with him and he pocketed Jack Grealish as well and Mendy was coming forward that he was literally there was times where there were three people against him and he was aggressive in his challenge, but he was so composed. It's just you don't have a care in yeah. the world. The only thing is, is I don't see him as a right back because he never gets to the byline. And yeah. you want a right back to predominantly, uh, I know they need to cover their duties defensively, but you do want him to chip in with the odd assist here and there. So, like, I'm not asking for a lot, but five assists from a season, I'd expect that from a decent right back. So, Maybe in the big games, playing there. But I think that future, he's uh, he can play at centre-back. And I, I think uh, if he stays injury-free, you've got a world, world-class 
defender on our hands there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. um yeah, fair so, point, yeah. But will 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 Nunil trust him? Sorry, will Nunil trust him to be injury free? That's the uh, main well, that, that, that's I wouldn't wish injuries on any player, especially yeah. one of the wrong players. I just hope that he uh, stays injury free, and I've got no yeah. doubt in his. In, in, that's, the only, I think that's the only thing to stop him is if he gets injured, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah his performance speak for themselves, and that the, and the manager will pick him on merit. And I have no questions over his ability. So, or yeah, Lucas so played uh, very well. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Lucas played very well. Um, the, he had uh, a very like. He's Lucas have kind of I think he uh he went through a little bit of a phase because Lucas is one of these. He's kind of almost seen he's remembered for his night in IX. He's remembered for like he he kind of doesn't really have a, a, a prolonged run in the team. And when he does, he kind of then doesn't have a, a position which is his own. Because it's kind of like he was played as a number ten under Jose. He was played as a right wing under Jose, and then he was played as a striker. So he kind of covered three positions, and um, it was a lot to ask for him when he went in, when he was out of the team for a long time, and he came in and played as the sole striker when Kane got injured. Um, I think it was last year um, at some stage when Kane, Kane was out, and he he didn't play very well. I'm not going to lie, but I think that in watching him in preseason, he's actually doing the one thing that we will slate him for not doing, putting his head up. And he's looking yeah. and he's, yeah. playing a few, he's playing very intelligent passes and he's releasing the ball. Yes, he has some frustrating moments, but he's actually, he does, he's like Bergwin. They do all the hard bit, they do right. Uh, and then it's like the final delivery is just like, what you just, do, do you know what I mean? It's just kind of, you've undone what's gone before. I think Bergwin more so, Mora has, at least has a final, uh, has a, an, an end product. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, great. Um, Nico, I just wanted to ask you about the, the manager. So what did you see different yesterday in the match with City in terms of the play and the, the actual intent that was different to what Mourinho was doing? How was Nuno different to Mourinho? Explain that to our fans and viewers. What do you think? Uh, that's very interesting because it's about also perception and how he is, like, uh, he comes across, you know. I mean, you know, we, we had this record of losing 23 points from winning positions and we thought again City were going to score and we're going to lose that. Did Nuno, did you, did he try and shore it up by bringing QT on at the last minute? Did he go for a second goal? How did you see that? Uh, yeah, I think maybe it's about, uh, the principles may be a bit different. Similar, but a bit different, because I, I could see when we were under pressure, we had some spells where we, we actually managed to, to have the ball recycled in the team. So it took off some pressure. I think that's very important, because we saw with Mourinho, it was a, we had like all these waves of uh, pressure. So I think he, he talks also about solutions. And the interview is always about solution, finding solutions. So I think his uh, man management skills and the bond with the players, it's a bit maybe strange to say this early, but it looks a bit like Pochettino early days. Like uh, he's good with people. I think that's very important. That 
I'm not sure about the tactics that uh, it's so different. I I think he's very good with people. He he comes across very balanced and and calm as a person. Yeah. I think that is very important. Okay, Okay, Nina. And and Steve. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nina. Go ahead, Nico. Uh, It looked a bit like the the organization was, they looked assured and, and they knew exactly what they had to do. Like the, the pressing, it looked methodical. It looked very drilled to me. So he has done okay. obviously very good uh, work on the pitch, training pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Nico. Thanks for that. Uh, Steve, I mean, when we previous times with Mourinho, we won nil up 10 minutes ago, I thought we're going to concede, you know, we're going to drop points, you know, definitely. Did you have the same feeling yesterday or were you sort of comfortable that we're going to see this out? I'm not going to lie. I was very comfortable. Um, oh, the, 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 the one thing I would say is a world-class manager single-handedly wins you 15 to 18 points single-handedly just by their in-game decisions, their substitutions, their game management and the way that they tactically set up. Right now, Mourinho, I'm not going to dispute he was, was a world-class manager. And the fact of the matter is, he lost us 24 points from winning positions. Speaks yeah. volumes of where the game's moved on and the manager yeah, has moved yeah. and, and And you look at Nuno, I, I am going to say that obviously there's always a chance in football that you can score. Yeah, from, you can, you know, yeah, of course. A, deflect, yeah. a deflection, an own goal, a, a, a kind of a foul or, or anything like that. So there's always that element of, you know, uh, doubt in your mind. It's just natural. That's that's when you when you've got a one nil lead, that is natural to have a little bit of nerves. Otherwise, it's not football, right? Um, but I was never like, oh my, City are on the attack. I was always confident. And and Davinson Sanchez, as much as we give him stick right now, he is our best centre back option. Now, obviously, Romero hasn't had a chance to to show what he can do. Um, but of the of the current crop. He is our best uh, centre-back option. Um, but again, I think that it was, uh, I think that it was a shame that Bergwin didn't put that chance away um, because not only for himself, for the team as well, because yeah. then we were, we were literally coasting. Um, we, I, d- I didn't, I wasn't looking at the, I wasn't looking at the, the, the timer in the top right-hand corner and I wasn't thinking to myself, oh, we've got this much. I wasn't clock-watching. And yeah, that's what yeah. I normally do when I'm nervous. And I, <laughs> I literally, yeah, I, I, didn't, doing that, yeah. I didn't play. No. And Steve, what about Sonny? I mean, obviously he scored the goal. Other than that, what was his performance like? Uh, I think, I think, um, well, Son always plays well against C. So that's the yeah. first thing. You never doubt him against C. And uh, the, the other thing that I actually like is arguably, I think that Sonny, Son's best position is actually up front. Like, funnily enough, obviously he's not, he only gets the chance when, uh, Kane's not fit. But I think on the, on the shoulder of the last defender, that's when he's, uh, he's most dangerous because he does like, remember the goal against, uh, was it Burnley where he literally yeah. just ran yeah, through man. the whole team? Remember yeah. against Chelsea where he just literally yeah. ran through yeah. that yeah. sort of like where he's on the sh- shoulder. He's very dangerous. What I've seen him so many times frustrating when he plays out wide, 
he tends to kind of do one thing too many, like a step over too many, and then it's just kind of like... Yeah, he does just, too many step overs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or he'll try to take on a player twice when it's just like there was an easy ball on there. Or he slows the game right down to a standstill and then does his little step overs or whatever. So I, I think that he's best suited because there was every time, and I will say this, every time we attacked, I thought we were going to score. That's how confident I was. And we not only did I, the one, the main thing that I noticed in terms of key differential was that we were winning every single second ball. So when City, if, if we lost the first ball, we were winning the second ball. And we yeah. always had somebody that if you had a knockdown, we were there to clear up the second ball from the knockdown. So we, yeah. we yeah. were so much, we ran. I would like, it would be interesting to see how much our team ran across to theirs. I'd say it was almost double. Yep, 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 I think it would. Okay. Uh, Nico, thoughts on Sonny? What did you think? Yeah, I agree with Steve in terms of the the central position. He's a very intelligent player also. So uh, the only thing I would say is that we don't get carried away with this victory and, and think like we don't need more players in or... That is, I'm a bit afraid of uh, Daniel Levy now trying to exploit the situation. And uh, I, I want another defender, so I want uh, and another striker. So, but he, okay. he's so, not only is he intelligent, but he's so Tottenham through and through with his uh, positivity and he's yeah. just great yeah. ambassador for the club in the whole. Okay. So. Well, excellent, guys. This has been really great input. Let's bring it to an end now. I'm going to ask Nico, finally, what's happening with Harry Kane and 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 what do you think, you know, I'm a, Steve's in the know, so we're going to come to Steve about that in a minute. He's got lots of inside information on that. Although he's laughing, he has got a lot of inside information. But is that the end now for Harry Kane? He's not in there. He's not even in the Europa Conference League squad. Is that the end now, Nico, for, at Tottenham for Harry Kane? I hope so. I'm tired of the whole situation. And, yep. and his... Uh, Silence is deafening. Yeah, uh, silence I, is deafening, actually, yeah. I want him gone uh, because I want, uh, want to focus on the team. I want more new players in. We need, we need to shift the team. We've needed that for, for many seasons, and sure. I wish him the best I want. I want uh, to move on. Yep, yep. And uh, before we finish, Nico, your prediction for next week, Burn. Uh, is it Wolves away, isn't it, next week? What's your prediction? Yeah, I thought about uh, uh, with the centre-backs and everything. We didn't meet uh, these tall kinds of attacking players on set pieces and such. So I'm going to be a bit reserved with Sanchez and Dyer because I remember last season when we had set pieces against us, we lost key duels, you know, uh, Dyer and Sanchez. So when they meet, like, uh, maybe it's Jimenez next time against the Wolves. So, but I think we, we have the positive momentum. So, and of course he knows Wolves, uh, new. so yeah. I'm positive. I would say 2-1 victory, 3-1. Yeah, and just before I come to Steve, I think you raise a good point, Nico. It's just one win against City, which didn't have a lot of their best players. So let's not get carried away. Yeah, I see people on Twitter saying we're going to win the league, top four. Here we come, <laughs> and all that. You know, so I think we need to be careful about all of that stuff. But that's fine. We should enjoy it. We won against one of the best team in the league. We won. Why not? Should we enjoy that? So that's great. Um, Steve, 
Um, what's your thoughts, Harry Kane? Not in the East Europa Conference League, not even in the squad. Is it is that the end for him now at Tottenham? Uh, definitely not. Uh, okay. The Europa, the Europa Conference League uh, squad, uh, you have the ability to change it um, okay. because the transfer window hasn't ended. So at the end of the transfer window, you can change it. I wouldn't read too much into that. Like, and what you can do is a lot of people were saying that during that Nuno may go with the policy of uh, start with the youth players get through the group stages with the youth and then when when the competition starts to get a little bit serious then yeah. you can integrate the seniors senior members so i could even see a, a, a picture where we do this where obviously the squad rotation is key um and we do have uh we had four players that weren't in the match day squad yesterday so we had and they were senior players so we had tangay out we had Harry out. We had Joe Rodon out, and I, uh, Aurier wasn't in the match day squad. So we had four senior players that run over five hundred thousand in wages, half a million a week in wages, not even yeah. making the match day squad. So our, our squad's a little bit bloated. Um, I, I can't see Harry leaving. Well, if he does leave, we're going to potentially have an issue with the homegrown quota. Um, mm. so there, there's an issue. That's a different, uh, different issue. But I think that where you have that flexibility that he hasn't, even though he's named a squad for the, the Europa Conference League, come the end of August, you can rip up that squad and rewrite. Tw- if you signed 25 new players, you can name 20. It's meaningless. So I wouldn't sure, read sure. too much into that. Okay. Uh, and what about, um, Tonga and Dombele, is he out? Is he on his way out as well? Do you think? I, 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 to be fair, the way that I'm reading this, I think that Tonga could. I think Tonga could definitely leave. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. And uh, a lot of a lot of clubs know what his ability and his skill skill set is. I just don't see where he, it's hard for him that he's come to a different country, uh, doesn't speak the language. Uh, doesn't have many well, he's been friends. at two seasons now, Steve. He's been at two seasons. He's a young guy who can adapt. If he wants to, you can do anything, really. It looks like his heart was never in it. Well, he's on £200,000 a week, so... Uh, and how many games what... has he played for us? He's never completed... What, he's completed, yeah. what, three 90-minute games? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, you know... Yeah. But, I mean, you yeah. think he could be on his way out. I think maybe he could be on his way out. If he goes... Kane goes, a few others. That could be more than, like you said, Steve, over 600k off the wage bill. You can get a lot of people on board for that. Well, we, our, our net spend at the moment is, what, five, uh, minus five million. Five million. Yeah. Minus yeah. five million. So there's, I, I wouldn't read too much into this that we're spending the Kane money. I think that we could be doing some smart business, potentially protecting our, our assets, uh, keeping Kane. And then, obviously, because if, if, if people catch wind that we're spending the cane money, then obviously yeah, exactly. the price... Yeah, prices get inflated, won't they? But then you, the Premier League has 110, uh, 100, 100 that comes in through TV revenue. We've got the Joshua fight and all the other bits going on in the background. Um, yeah. We've got a new stadium where we're led to believe that we've got stadium naming rights. We've got uh, uh, our... Um, our training kit's going to have a, sh- a shirt sponsor on as well. So there's a lot of money there 
that we haven't spent. And if you look at the likes of our neighbours down the road, they've spent 50 million on uh, Ben White. They've yeah. they bought Latinga for what I don't know. It was like 20, 20, 25 million. I don't know how much they spent on him. And there's talk that they're going to make Odegaard for like 30, 40 million. So there's definitely if they're flexing their muscles, we haven't even begun. So yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. What's your prediction for uh, Wolves next week, Steve? I'm going to go with two one Spurs. Two one Spurs. I think. Uh, what I what I do want to see is that I want to see us get really physical with uh, yeah. uh, with Jimenez as well. Just if he's there, yeah. I, I appreciate he's obviously got a head injury. Um, so I'm not saying it in a malicious way, but you kind of just leave a little bit on him like a push, and yeah. then he'll just think twice. He'll think twice before going in again. Yeah. So yeah, uh, okay. yeah just the old defending. Um, yeah. I'd like to see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll close out now. Nico, any final thoughts to you before we close the podcast? No, I'm just very um, uh, intrigued to see what's going to happen. Uh, I think also a lot will happen until the window shuts. So the the all the puzzle and the pieces and, and everything will be, I think it will be a couple of more players in and, and out. And I really want to see Sissoko Get out. <laughs> I, we need better players. Well, I've told, I've, I don't know, I think Dyer played really well. And the thing is, if he could play like that every week, he'd be an amazing player. Yeah. But unfortunately, we all know he's ups and downs in terms of his form. But let's hope he yeah. can regain his, his consistency, because I think he could really be a, an asset. Steve, any final thoughts before we close the podcast? Uh, I think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't I'd be surprised if Kane stays and signs a new long-term deal like Tottenham. I think okay, that would be the best you know, news. That would be the best news we could ever hope for. I think if that's the case, I think it's now or never. And obviously, what what's gone on has gone on. Um, but I would not surprise me in the slightest if that happened because the more it, that this is dragging on and we're not we've not announced anybody, that just gives me that little inkling that this yep. may yep. be going through. But Steve. I have to ask you this question. Do you really think his heart is uh, at Tottenham? Okay. Do you know? I, I see. Um, actually, I, I would say yes. I would say yes. Um, I didn't. Did I think that he would do this? I think that there's two sides to every story. So Sky are obviously gonna gonna try and push him out. Push him out. We hear, we've heard this for the last five or six years. Kane's going here, Kane's going there. Yeah, we would have paid off the stadium with all the Kane sale money for for, for five, six years. So I, I'm, I think he, yes. I just think he's just had bad management, and that shows because his brother's his agent as opposed to a super agent. Um, so yeah, I think like Mino Raiola would have put a release clause in his contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hog yeah. Mendes would have put a release call. And the only thing is, if if that the second chance falls to Kane instead of Bergwijn, it's two 0 obviously. So you know those things make all the differences, don't they? That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. he's still well. I think that if he, uh, I I know as much as I want him to do this, I don't think we're ever going to get it. But I, if he came out, and let's just say the city move falls through, if he came out made a video, gave his side of events, the fans would 
absolutely adore him more than what they do now. And those that are a little bit like 50-50 on him, uh, they'll soon change their mind. I just, but, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of hate towards him at the moment. But do you think he's 100%, uh, you know, uh, guilt-free on this? He's made some mistakes, but people make mistakes. Just come out and say, look, I did this, maybe I shouldn't have done it, you know. And I'm sure, I think you're right, the, the fans would accept that and just move on. Yeah, that's why I, I I think that it has gone. I don't want to see a text message or like a, a tweet or, or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I actually want to see a video. I want to see a little bit of a personal touch and just yeah. come out and just say, look, I and and let's be honest, who wouldn't be tempted by Manchester City? Let's be honest. If someone said to you, I'll pay you an extra £50,000 to do exactly the same job you're doing, but you've actually got a chance of like progressing your career. Who wouldn't do that? Exactly. Where, I don't. This is why nobody blames him for that. I don't think anybody blames him for doing that. But Steve, before we finish, before we finish, Steve, do you want to share some? I know you're in the know. We should really put Steve Singh ITK after your name. But any little bits of for me and Nico and all the people watching? Any any sort of little bit of tidbits of news? Who are we going after, etc. Brilliant. There is no ITK from my side, man. Um. Tell us I, who I we're like going to. after. Who you think you 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 got sources? Tell us what you're hearing. I I I I think that the right back situation. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if, if a deal for Tommy Asu came through. Um, but again, it wouldn't surprise me if we went for a homegrown option at right back either. Um, it would it would that wouldn't surprise me because it's just a case of a balancing act. Um, at centre back, they're saying it's Milinkovic. I'd prefer Lacroix. He's another name that's been mentioned. Um, who's a very good player, and Wolfsburg would 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 sell him at a canter at twenty million pounds. Um, so he would he would definitely change us. Um, uh, I don't up really front? know in the thing. Uh, up front, Flyovic. The names are out there, so is Flyovic is 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 the one that they like. Um, the only thing that we I, I, we were assessing his videos of his footage, um, his goals. Worryingly, I think he scored like 20-ish goals. Six of them were penalties and none of them were from outside the area. So that's, that's my worry. If you're spending. There's a fox in the box. Fox in the box. He kind of reminds me of Christian Vieri. So I think yeah. that you, if anyone's old enough to remember him, he was a very good player. So yeah. if, yeah. if you can do half of what he can do, then, um, yeah, I, I, I'd be happy with that. Um, there is uh, the young Georgian kid. Uh, the winger, who we've been heavily linked well, with. name we can't even pronounce. Can you pronounce his name? The name, uh, I call him Triple K. So, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Do- Domskoy? No, no, no. Kavashkevelovki no, no. or something. I can't, we can't pronounce the name. Kavitsi Kavachli, whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh. He's, a, he's a very, very good player. And, um, I, I do listen to a lot of, uh, podcasts and, and radio stations that cover um, international football like Trans European Express. Um, there's, there's quite a few that I listen to, the Totally Football podcast, and all of the big journalists are singing. They're literally ranting and raving about this kid, and he's a special talent. And at 15 million, it's, it's a no brainer. At 15 million, that's a deal. It's an opportunistic signing. And let's face it, he, he could be the next uh, Nkudu or he could be the next Tillemans. Who knows? But you, you've got to be in it to kind of, uh, yeah. Who is this player? 
What player are you talking about? He plays for Georgia. He plays for Ruben Kazan. If you look him up, yeah. Okay, guys, listen, thank you very much for your time. Nico, really been a pleasure again, always, to have you on the show. And Steve, for your insights and everything, you know, we must have you on more often because I think the fans really like you. And um, and Nico, obviously, is building a brand as well. He's going to become a super fan. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. This is Ray in London for Spurs 9501. Uh, please, if you like the content, please give us a like. If you like the channel, please subscribe. We'll have Steve and Nico again along in the season, given their post-match analysis. But uh, thank you, everybody, and we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.